Welcome to the Backroads Podcast, a podcast for adventures off the beaten path. In this show, I want to empower women to reach their full potential and find strength within themselves, inspiring women to let their true selves shine, feel confident, and embrace the present moment. Through personal travel stories, we will share our growth and passion. Please tune in weekly for up-to-date confessions of like-minded travelers. As your host, I, Josie Arella Sweetman, will help guide you to gain clarity on your path to find what sets your soul on fire. If this podcast resonates and inspires you, hit the subscribe button and share it with a friend. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Backroads Podcast. Today on this episode, we have Piper Watson with us. She is a person that lives off the beaten path. She helps creatives and innovators called to do extraordinary things, get over their crap and get real with their money and get on with living a badass life, which is awesome. Piper, welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. I love it. So please tell us about yourself. Tell us more. So I have been a serial entrepreneur for my entire adult life, and it eventually led me to coaching um, in a couple of different ways. Um, But more importantly, it led me to coaching because I went off the beaten path, you know, for my whole adult life. I always kind of felt like an outsider looking in uh, at the the pre the prescribed direction that people around me were taking. And I kind of felt like this doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem like it fits me. It was like trying on a pair of pants that, you know, you weren't sure, like, does this look cute? They feel a little tight. I don't know. (laughs) I can understand that. Yes, absolutely. And so from that perspective, I always just decided, you know what? I don't know if this is the right or wrong thing to do, but I'm going to follow my gut. And that's pretty much how I've made most of my decisions and most of my professional decisions. And then I got to a place um, where people were asking me for advice on, on how to do just that, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, really? I don't know what I'm doing. I just go with my gut. And so then I found coaching, you know, before it was like a little bit of consulting, I was working with um, a couple different uh, female run businesses and it was so exciting. But then I came to a place where I didn't necessarily have all the answers for them. And it was kind of stressful, you know, when people are paying you to have answers and I'm like, I don't know, I've, I've never been a part of your industry. So a friend of mine had suggested, well, why don't you look into coaching? Because then you don't have to have the answers. Yeah. <laughs> your job is to pull the, the, the intuition, the logic out of your clients because everybody already has their own answers. We are powerful beings. And sometimes we just need a little bit of encouragement to follow our gut. Um, and that's what I do. I, I am the cheerleader and I, I tend to cuss a little bit, but I'll keep it PG-13 and, and the mm-hmm. ass kicker at the same time. 
Which is amazing. You took the word cheerleader right out of my mind because, yes, a life coach is a cheerleader, that person that's going to root for you and make you take action and encourage you and be there, you know? So I think that's awesome that that is a profession that you've chosen. And I know you talked about a little bit earlier about self-resilience and confidence, and I would love you to speak a little bit more on that because I know a lot of people, that's where they get stuck is getting that confidence and feeling sure within their gut. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's interesting. We are all born screaming. We come out (laughs) screaming and then someone spanks us. I don't even know if they still do that. And you know, we're not born necessarily happy or with the skills that we need to create the happiness that we want in our lives, whatever that looks like for us. And these are skills. They're just life skills that sometimes people are really lucky and they're just born into a situation, into a body, into a soul, into a family that they start to learn these skills from a very early age. And some people aren't. And then there's a lot of us that are in between. And basically what I do is work with people to start to trust the inner voice when it's serving us and discover how exactly we want to show up. What is our ideal image for ourselves, for our lives? How are we leading with our energy And trust in that and follow a process. You know, I work with um, a a proven methodology that really helps people to align their purpose and passion, maybe even discover what that is to begin with, within a framework that works, and then align that with external goals and desired outcomes. And, you know, it sounds like, oh, well, why do I need somebody to help me do that? Like, I'll just sit down and figure it out. But how many people actually do that? (laughs) Sit down and figure it out. (laughs) You need that accountability, I think. That accountability piece that a coach provides, I think is, I mean, what I've found that's worked for me is having somebody there to say, okay, this is what I've done today and give you more ideas and help you encourage you. So I definitely agree with everything that you're saying there. Absolutely. And the self-resilience piece, I think the more that we as humans trust our intuition, build our emotional intelligence. That's how we learn to trust ourselves. And okay, I made a decision. It didn't work out how I wanted it to. I'm I'm not going to jump into a story around that. I'm just going to dust myself up off, pick myself up off the ground and try something different or try again. And that's, it's a process to build that self-resilience and you don't have to do it alone. And then over time, all of a sudden, there's confidence. There's confidence to take risks, to take bold actions, because you have that practice of self-resilience. Absolutely. I completely agree there. It is a practice. It's something that you have to keep at, and it doesn't just happen overnight. I loved how you said at the beginning, we all come into this world screaming. Honestly, (laughs) that is amazing because it is so true. We do. And that's such a great image to remember in your mind when times get tough. I think that's something, I think that's something to even think about. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to talk a little bit about your adventures. So I was so amazed when you messaged me and told me about some of your crazy adventures. And I would love for you to share 
some of those with us, kind of like what sticks out, what's the most memorable, what was the most life-changing, or anything that you would want to talk about as far as your adventures of travel. Sure, absolutely. Well, it's really interesting. This topic came up. I was working with somebody um, a few weeks ago, kind of at the height of of everything that was going on with the pandemic and things closing and lives changing very drastically overnight. And he had asked me, you know, if you could think of one really profound defining moment in your life, you know, what would that be for you? And I, I immediately, like I have one that always comes up for me and I never really talk about it. I never really share that story. It's one of the biggest adventures I'd ever had. And I decided to put that into some context. Like how would this be a helpful piece of information for, for folks out there with what they're dealing with and feeling challenges that in that moment may be uh, seemingly insurmountable. And so basically the story is when I was 27, this wasn't the first big adventure that I I had done, but it was definitely the first of its kind. I decided with zero prior experience or training that I was going to ride a bicycle from Turkey all through Eastern Europe all summer long, three months uh, with about a thousand dollars in my pocket in a relationship with somebody that I wasn't totally sure I wanted to be in relationship with, but it seemed like a good idea. So off we went, packed our bicycles on airplanes and backpacks and landed in, in Athens and our, our bikes didn't land with us. Oh no! <laughs> and so it kind of kicked off, uh, on, on a note that, um, I felt like I had a black cloud following me. You know, eventually our bikes got there and we start the trip and my bike is so heavy that I fall over. Like I literally can't even start pedaling. And, you know, when you're in your teens or 20s or whatever part of your life, when you're in a part of your life where you feel like life is happening to you, like you're not in the driver's seat, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Why didn't I train harder? Why didn't I practice with a loaded down bike? You know, it's like all the self-judgment, all the things come. So we immediately like went through Greece, went through Turkey. um, And it was just unbelievably difficult, you know, mountains that they don't know what switchbacks are on these roads. You're just biking straight up for six or seven hours and then straight down and then straight up. And it was just endless. And I was just beside myself in misery. You know, my biking partner would be miles ahead of me and I'd get to the base of another mountain and just be sobbing like why am I doing this to myself you know in pain at night like having cold beers or frozen bags of peas on my crotch because it was so you know sore from being in a a bicycle seat all day in the heat in the summer and this went on for probably the first thousand miles you know I was just feeling like this black cloud was following me. I couldn't really feel present with the adventure because I was just so focused on everything that was wrong with the experience. And 
I finally got to a place, um, a, a very literal geographical place, you know, somewhere around the Czech Republic. Um, I started to sing to myself. Like anytime I just was having a tough day, I would just sing. I would just, because nobody could hear me, you know, nobody else was out biking around. It was just cars passing by. So I would sing out loud. I am not a good singer, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like this release. And the only song that would pop into my mind, I mean, this was before like iPods, like I didn't have one of those. The only song that would pop in my mind that I knew most of the words to, don't ask me how, totally different story, was Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I was like, oh my God, Bobby McFerrin, really? Really? (laughs) (laughs) And so this damn song just over and over. And it was like I could start to sing it with a little bit of a, a rhythm to time my pedal strokes with and I could kind of like get into a flow with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, things just didn't feel like they were happening to me. I felt like I was literally moving through my life by my own, uh, my own power, literal power. And I realized how much that had become ingrained in me of just like one pedal stroke at a time, one pedal stroke at a time. When somewhere in the Czech Republic, uh, we had gotten to the base of just the most ridiculously steep, crazy 15% grade mountain climb. And I just burst out laughing. I cracked up. (laughs) I was like, of course, of course. And I had the biggest smile on my face and I just like started singing my song and I just started pedaling and I made it to the top before my climbing or my biking partner, which was like unheard of. And he was so exhausted and angry and grumpy at the top. And I was like, oh my gosh, how funny that the tables have turned. And it was a really big turning moment in my life of just recognizing, you know, getting to the bottom of an insurmountable challenge and looking upward and thinking, Oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? Like, I don't even want to do this. Like, why am I here? What's happening in my life? And then just putting a smile on, putting my head down and taking one step at a time and just letting go of the worry and like letting go of the attachment to some preconceived notion of what it's supposed to be like and how freeing it actually was. So that's yes, probably that the most profound like- <laughs> travel experience I had had up until that point. Yes, that is such an inspiring, epic story, Piper. Like, wow, like that took so much strength and so much willpower and talk about that resilience. I mean, come on. Wow. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, that is amazing. Because that sounds like it was a hard one of hard things to do. Like I can't even imagine doing something like that. So kudos to you. And that story, I think yeah, that story shows you like you were standing at the bottom of a mountain and you were looking up and you're like, how am I going to do this? And you're like, I'm going to sing through it. I'm going to smile through it. And that's just an amazing way to look at life in general, smile through it and sing through it. And eventually you'll get to where you want to go. So I really, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, um, 
you know, people often say like it's mind over matter and I'm not totally sure. I think that's, I think it's more, um, emotion over matter. You know, how do I want to feel in this situation? And, you know, the article that I wrote that I was tying in this story, um, was really talking about like when you're faced with seemingly insurmountable challenges, mountains in your life, like how do you want to feel moving through it? Because it's really easy to have that knee jerk reaction of feeling like a victim to your circumstances, or do you want to feel something different? And what might that look like? Absolutely. I love that. I love that feeling over matter instead of mind over matter. Cause sometimes we think of mind over matter. It's almost seems like a riddle. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, what does that mean? Yeah, like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that feeling over matter, I mean, you can imagine it. You can put it, you can make it work for you, you know? I love that. That's a great analogy. Yes. So yes. I don't know if you knew this, but I am from Haiti. And <laughs> yeah, that's I awesome. am Haiti. I moved to the states when I was what five, going on to six years old with my family. Uh, I haven't been back to Haiti, but I know you've done work there, so I would love to chat a little bit about. I mean, my home country. <laughs> absolutely, but, absolutely. Yeah, so we, what kind uh, of work? Yeah. So I, uh, when I came back from that bike trip, I just completely did a 180 with my life. I got, uh, well, one of the things that happened on that bicycle trip was my digital camera, like my very first digital camera got stolen out of my handlebar bag. And so I ended up buying like a little point and shoot, um, film camera from like a, you know, a pawn shop type place somewhere in like Bulgaria and just started shooting film and had to teach myself a lot and was trying to like, we'd stop at places and go to the library and like read books and things like that. Um, and I just fell in love with photography. So when we came back, I decided I wanted to like focus on that, make a long story short. Um, I ended up becoming a photographer and, and creating um, a really interesting business where it was a lot of commercial lifestyle work, but then that afforded me to be able to do personal projects to, you know, whatever I felt called to do. And this was sort of at the, the height of the economic crash. Um, and it was a really interesting time to like start a new business. And yet somehow I was like, I was getting work and I was making it work and it was really exciting. I ended up meeting this woman through a friend of a friend. And she's telling me this story about this ice cream business that she runs in Brooklyn. And it's still there. It's amazing. It's called blue marble ice cream. And she was talking about, um, how she connected with a woman from Rwanda, uh, during a playwriting workshop. Cause she was a part-time actor and, they brought the model of the ice cream business to Rwanda to this woman's uh, women's drumming circle. The drumming circle was started in the aftermath of the genocide in the nineties in Rwanda um, to help as like a healing mechanism 
women that uh, were perpetrators or um, related to perpetrators and women that had been victims of the violence. And so this women's drumming circle operated as a cooperative. And she thought that the idea of an ice cream store in their town in Rwanda and being run by the women's drumming circle would offer them another opportunity to like learn about business and resilience and confidence and financial aspects to manage themselves. And I, she's telling me the story and I was like, Oh my, like I have to go there. (laughs) And then she goes on to say before I could even open my mouth. Yeah. And I'm flying there next month. Um, to check in on on the store and see, you know, we're doing, they want to bring an espresso machine. So I'm training them how to use the espresso machine. And we're, you know, doing some workshops on um, the financials of the business so that they can learn that they're all opening their own um, checking and savings accounts. And I was like, I'm going with you. (laughs) I just blurted it out. I, you know, I had no idea what that implied. So over the years, I, I went there, I, I photographed the story, I, fo- I stayed with some of these women, I photographed their stories. And I became uh, really good friends with these women that had the ice cream business. Um, and, uh, you know, had started then a nonprofit that took the model of these ice cream businesses and tried to find communities of women that would benefit from using it as a cooperative business model. And Haiti was the second place that they decided to implement uh, the model. And so that's how I went to Haiti. Um, This was several years later. They said, hey, we're going to do another one. Do you want to come down here and and, um, meet some of the people that are going to help us put it together and are hiring the women and forming? They they were not hiring the women, but they were looking for... um, the organization of women that might want to participate and take over the business. So it was a really interesting experience. Um, Haiti is, I mean, it's a life changing place. (laughs) Absolutely. I haven't been back, but it was, I mean, it was, it's on my top of my list. Well, and I'm sure like I'm preaching to the choir here. Like I was the one thing that I was really, bowled over by was how much life there is there on the, on the entire spectrum, like the rawness of life, the vivacity and color of life, the loudness, the quietness, the pain, the joy, the magic. Like there's so much, like, I think actual magic there. Um, And, and I just, I was so overwhelmed. Like at the end of every night, I would just like lay on my bed and just try to like absorb and like integrate the experiences of the day. It was so overwhelming and amazing. It was really a fantastic place. How amazing. I am so thankful that you shared that story with me. And it sounds like, yeah, that giving those women the power to kind of live life on their own terms is what you guys did by going over there. And it sounds like you just kind of go with your gut. You just decide you're going to do something and you just go for it. And I think that is so incredible. It's definitely brought a lot of twists and turns in my road. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sure both good and bad. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm human. Like there's, there's definitely times where I sit back and I have a younger sister and, you know, she has a master's degree and, you know, a, a government job and makes a ton of money and has this, you know, big, beautiful house and two kids and the minivan and the, like the whole nine. And there's so many times that I've sat back and thought, did I, did I choose wrong? Like, was I supposed <laughs> to do that? <laughs> And always I'm like, I think, nah. a lot of us, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think a lot of us ask the, should I, should I, is this what I should have done, should be doing? And I think honestly, we're all different and we're all human and we all have this colorful life that we get to choose, honestly, how we live it. Yeah. So I don't think, yeah, there's no wrong way to choose to live. I think what's right for one person might be completely wrong for the other. Absolutely. Well said. And I think your adventures that you're speaking about and sharing with us are so beautiful. And I think they're going to inspire and they're going to make people think a little bit about how they're choosing to live their life and how they want to show up and what emotions they want to bring about their daily life. And I am just loving this conversation so much. Oh, thank you. It has been super fun. It is. Yeah. So amazing. So will you tell us a little bit more about your coaching program? Our listeners could get more information from you. Absolutely. So everyone can visit my website. It's currently being redone, but there's a quick explanation as to who I am, what I do, um, subscribing to my newsletter and getting more stories like this that actually have, you know, a meaningful, useful self-coaching tip or tool included in that. Um or just book a call. I work a lot one-on-one with clients. I work with uh, businesses that are trying to redefine uh, how they go about business, how they work with one another. Um, My previous experience prior to this was running a a nonprofit. And a lot of really interesting leadership learnings came from that. And so that's oftentimes who finds me, you know, people that have creative backgrounds, people that are called to to innovate and on platforms of either social justice or um, just wanting to make their impact in the world and not totally knowing how do I get from A to Z uh, and wanting some support with that. So people can visit me at piperwatson.com, book a quick discovery call, and we can see if coaching is a good match for, for where they're at and what they're wanting to do and what they're ready to do. Absolutely. That is something you have to be ready for it. You have to be, it has to be something that you want to do for sure. So I agree with that. Do you have any last comments or feedback or something you want to leave our viewers with? Um, You know, I'll just say this, like most likely if you're listening to this, you're curious about what it means to um, be, have resilience and to live adventurously and to uh, stretch and grow. And I think that oftentimes when we're able to tune in, whether it's taking a few minutes of quiet in the mornings or walking the dog, whatever it is that we do to tune in, like notice what's coming up. Like what are the flashes that are popping into your brain, whether it's an image of you sipping a daiquiri on a beach somewhere or biking across the Alps, like 
what are you called to adventure and what's really holding you back from making that happen? And how might you find some support or resources to help you get over that and get on with living that adventure? Because we only got one chance on this merry-go-round. Absolutely. I couldn't say that better myself. Those are some brilliant topics and things for us to think about, all of us, honestly. And it's something that you think about on a daily. You just kind of tune in and notice those things about yourself. And I think that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and sharing with you and your listeners. This has been an awesome opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and your energy is so wonderful. It has been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Does goal planning feel like a mystery to you? I've got you. With my top five secrets to goal planning. This is what I use when I'm working on a goal. Right now, I'm using this system to build new habits and change my condition tendencies. It's worked for me and many others. I know it will get you feeling inspired to start taking baby steps towards the goals that you are working on. Here are what people who have signed up for the goal planning challenge are saying. Encouragement to challenge myself and go after my dream. I've changed my mindset and expectations that I have to go back to my old job for a few more months until I can start my new job. I'm finding ways to be excited about that, which is a huge victory compared to the way I was feeling just thinking about this for the last two months. Get my five secrets to goal planning at thebackroadscoaching.com. It's a freebie that I'll give you that will get you crushing your goals in no time. Thank you for listening to the Backroads podcast with Joseph Urellis Wheatman. If you like our show, leave us a review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Join us next week where we will talk about more adventures and passion, growth, and resilience. Thank you for tuning in.